Hi, this is Andy McCluskey from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, and you're listening to PX Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Lori Kilmartin. No, I keep politics out. I think I got one little slide to, but I keep politics out. I tweet a lot about that stuff, but very divisive on stage. I, I just like to get good laughs and get out uh, before people realize how liberal I am. Been about a year since we spoke to Lori. We had a nice chat with her about what's going on with her there in Southern California where she lives and with her career and whatnot. We have a song of the week coming up from the 1975, but first, as always, a dumb bit. Time for another installment of... It's Facebook, not Factbook. So usually it's Facebook, not Factbook, is uh, politically driven, sometimes maybe socially driven. But uh, we have actually an entertainment version of it's Facebook, not Factbook. So we're not, it's not too deep, but it's something that really just kind of struck me as odd here. So I'm going to go to uh, Facebook here. I'm going to read you from – There's a we have a venue in Cincinnati here called the Ludlow Garage. And it's a tiny venue. I don't know, maybe seats 100, 150 people. Saw Book of Love there. It was pretty cool. And uh, so they have a post, uh, a flock of seagulls who have always liked are coming to Ludlow Garage. And uh, let me see. Uh, oh, I think they finally changed it. Okay. So they, they think some, they went and edited this. Um, the original post uh, said that they were one of the uh, – oh, no, no, they didn't change it. Here we go. It's well known for their bizarrely teased haircuts as their hit single, I Ran So Far Away, a flock of seagulls, one of the uh, infamous one-hit wonders of the new wave era. Well, then everybody below, of course, says, uh, excuse me. Well, there's actually people go off on two points on this. First of all, they're like, excuse me? What a horrible way to promote a show. Yeah, let's go see a band sing one song everybody knows. Which leads me to my second point. Flock of Seagulls are not a one-hit wonder. Now, we always get into this argument, what is a one-hit wonder? If you're going by top ten hits, then yes, they are a, a one-hit wonder. My favorite band, Orchestral Movers in the Dark, in the United States at least, are a one-hit wonder. They got If You Leave the Number Four. Next highest charting was, I think, 16 for uh, Dreaming. So based on that, sure. But there's a lot of moving parts to that because uh, the Romantics, I was looking up, this is always a great example of, uh, of one-hit wonders. The Romantics' uh, most popular song, they're from Detroit, uh, their most popular song, let me get this advertisement off of Spotify, is uh, What I Like About You. And What I Like About You has 94 million plays on Spotify. Their next closest song has 41, almost just half that. And, but What I Like About You only got to 49 in the U.S. Didn't even crack the top 40. Uh, their hit the, that their second biggest hit on Spotify uh, it was a number three Billboard hit, and it's talking in your sleep. And if you were to talk to people about the Romantics, they would probably immediately go, "What I like about you, boom." And if you said any other songs, you could think for a minute, and you'd probably go, "Oh yeah, talking in your sleep, yeah." And then their uh, third biggest hit only got the 37. That was one in a million. It was from the same album as "Talking in Your Sleep," and that's only got a million plays on Spotify. So anyway, that's the other thing. And with MTV back in the day. That kind of mucks things up as well because, uh, you know, you probably there are a lot of songs you would probably recognize if you're of a certain age, in a 45 to, and over like me. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a hit, but they played that on MTV a ton before all the uh, big groups started making videos. So anyway, uh, getting back to Flock of Seagulls, to, to set the record straight here, uh, I think Flock, Flock of Seagulls are really unfairly painted, not only as a one-hit wonder, but it's almost kind of a joke in a way, and they most certainly are not... I interviewed Mike Score once, 
I don't know that we was even on the podcast after 448 of these. I would have to go back and look. I know I interviewed him for an article I wrote for Cincinnati City Beat uh, when he was coming with one of the uh, 80s tours. And uh, first of all, for the sake of argument, let's say the Flock Seagulls are a one-hit wonder. What do I always say? That's one more hit than you had, probably, you know, unless you're Paul McCartney listening to this or someone like that. Anyway, uh, so I don't even, and this is another case too. Iran isn't even their best song. I mean, it's fine. I'd say it's in their top five, top ten tracks, but uh, I was always a Space Age Love Song fan myself. Here's a little blast of that. music editor at City Beat always said that was one of his favorite songs of the entire New Wave era. But if I got to go on a, uh, well, so let me give you some other tracks to, uh, uh, well, there's there's this one, Transfer Affection, wasn't a hit in either the U.S. Uh, or the or Britain, but uh, I just love this tune. This this might be my uh, second favorite Flock of Seagull song. My favorite, I think, I, oh boy, it's, it's tough, but I have to go with Wishing. And Wishing is a five-minute banger. And people always think bangers have to be fast. They really don't. Uh, wishing is a banger. There's a nine-minute version on the Greatest Hits uh, album, which is fantastic. And you would think it's it's based on three notes. How, how the heck could you get nine minutes out of that? Oh, they do. And it's fantastic. They don't, they don't really repeat anything. The nine minutes is used perfectly. So um, here's a little blast of Wishing.
they have another couple tunes, uh, uh, Heartbeat Like a Drum, Telecommunication from the first album, Modern Love is Automatic, which I think was one of their first early singles. Um, and so, yeah, a, a lot of great tunes. So if you are going to go see Flock of Seagulls, if you're thinking, you know, like, oh, gee, I only know Iran. First of all, you probably know more than Iran. And secondly, even if that's all you know, do yourself a favor and go see them. Now, quick note, the only remaining founding member is Mike Score. He the, was the chief songwriter and the leader, and as he explained it when I interviewed him, uh, just if you want to know, uh, he decided to stay in the United States. He lives in Florida, I believe, and uh, he told me, he said, you know, you can have a nice career, still be a musician, tour and do these, you know, you, you can do small halls and maybe at the state fair here and there and things like that, and you can book, you know, but 26, 27 dates. You could tour all year if you wanted to and still make a decent living. We're over in Europe in the UK, that's not possible. So uh, the other fellows in the band, uh, they've played together again periodically, but they, uh, they, it's really Mike Score and uh, some uh, American fellows in the, in the current Flock of Seagulls lineup. But I've seen that current Flock of Seagulls lineup, and it is just fine. Uh, the drummer's really good. He, he really gets into it. And uh, so, yeah, so my recommendation, go see Flock of Seagulls, a band that is not a one-hit wonder. And uh, let's roll into the interview uh, with a little uh, another blast of wishing. Kill Martin is a stand-up comedian originally from San Francisco, California. She gets to do stand-up when she's not writing for Conan O'Brien on his TV program. Here now is our interview with Lori Kilmartin. out there in California. Appreciate you doing this uh, so early before you rush off. Sure, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so I guess, it, as we spoke last year, I guess a good place to start is what's new with you? Oh, gosh. Um, I feel like the, there's nothing super new. I'm just I'm, I'm continuing to trudge along. <laughs> um, you know, I still work at Conan and my, yeah, I'm still raising a kid and still doing stand-up. So it's, it's, a, it's a more... Uh, I haven't uh, haven't quit anything yet. It's like my one boss says: you just get up and you just do it again. <laughs> you start. I know, I know. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's um, raising my son's thirteen now, so every day is new in a way. But uh, a lot of my life is Groundhog Day. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a weird combination of um, being yelled at by somebody that you know used to cuddle with you, and then everything yeah. else is the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is a it, interesting age. My my youngest is uh, going to turn sixteen on Saturday, and wow. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, drive and my um. I was just telling one of the guys here. Uh, my oldest is twenty two, and she is living in Cleveland now. And I'm looking on my phone to make sure she got to work okay, and because it snowed up there real bad, and. Uh, 
<laughs> do you have a tracking device on her? Where it's, you uh, can... She had the, the Find My Friends on the iPhone. Okay, cool. My wife always asks me, about 5, or about five thirty, six o'clock, she'll say, Did, do you know if Hannah got home safely? And I'll look on my phone and go, yeah, she's at her apartment. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Cool. Yep. So, uh, do, does your son, any, any activities, anything, uh, is there any kind of school drama? Because that's always, that's been a big thing lately around, uh, around our house. He doesn't tell me a word. This is, he is one cool customer, let me uh, tell you. He zips it up, um, he's obsessed with, uh, anime and drawing, and, uh, okay. he plays water polo. Uh, so that's all I know. Uh, he throws <laughs> the ball a lot, and it, it gets, it, it goes into a net. Yeah, I, I've seen that, but that's that's uh, strenuous. I just know from just being in a pool and thinking, you know, uh, I can barely make it across, you know, the end, the short ways, uh, versus having to be in there trying to throw a ball into a net. Holy cow! Yeah, it's um, it's it's a horror show under the water too. Uh, you basically whatever you can kick, you're allowed to kick unless the ref sees it. And if there's <laughs> a lot of waves or frost, the ref can't see it. So it's oh. um, it's 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 uh, pretty nasty. Everything is slightly slowed down because it's because water is heavy and it's yeah. hard to kick fast, but um, not that much. Uh, there's it's pretty it's pretty brutal. Hmm. Yeah, some water, water polo hacks there for us today. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, you guys still doing the Jackie and Lori show? We spoke to Jackie about a month ago. We never got around even talking about that. Oh yeah, we're still doing it. We just taped one last night. We're trying to bank a few because she and I both have road work and we're not going to be uh, anywhere near each other for about two weeks. Okay. Um, yeah. For some reason, comedy is full of drama every single week. It's uh, shocking. It's been four, over four years now. Um, we've uh, done an hour-long podcast every single week without guests where we just kind of talk about uh, stand-up and how our sets went that week and what's going on in comedy. And there's always drama, there you is. know? It's well, I, weird. I, I can attest to that because I work for two – well – uh, one comedian. Uh, we had the discussion last time. Josh Sneed. You know Josh, I believe. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's so great. I work, work for his T-shirt company, and then the other guy that owns the company was a, a comedian, but he stopped. He re he got to the feature level, I guess, but then he decided this wasn't his bag, so he focused on running the T-shirt company. Uh, and then there's a bunch. Wait, of who is it? Uh, Darren Overholzer. Oh, okay. It was just around Cincinnati. I don't think he ever featured beyond like Indianapolis. I think he drove up to Columbus once to feature for somebody. He was telling us, <laughs> and uh, but that was it. And then uh, I got a bunch of other comedians I work with that are kind of work in the region and stuff like that. And then like I've done a few open mics, so I guess I I kind of count, but I'm more of a comedy writer, I think. But anyway, um, so any I hear all these stories all the time. The, the, them telling me their you know road stories or you know so and so didn't pay or it's a long drive up to you know wisconsin or minnesota where they have a gig or something so it's yeah always fresh stories yeah totally and then just just dumb you know people doing dumb things and uh tweeting and ruining careers there's always something like that happening uh, here's a story i just heard recently you'll appreciate uh one of our friends uh, kelly collette actually who featured for uh uh uh, hosted for Jackie and can't remember who else. It was it was here in Cincinnati. Anyway, her alma mater um, was I think an all boys school. Then it went co-ed for a couple of years while she went there, and that's back to being all boys. I think they were looking for a speaker for their banquet, and she said, oh, "I'll do it. It's my alma mater." And they said, "No, we would only like a man, please." Wow. Yeah. So a lot of tea there. Um, isn't that's that crazy? Awful. I'm like, no, they're joking, yeah. right? <laughs> no, they were absolutely wow. serious. Like this is, I'm looking at the calendar. It is 2020. All right, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> it's just shocking. Yeah. So. 
Was it a Catholic school? Yes. Oh, all right. It all makes sense. It does, yeah. But it was, you know, it was. Co- I guess they, I guess once you drop the co-ed thing, you go full on the other way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you drop women, you just don't want them around at all. Exactly. Yeah. I know I asked you this probably last time, and I asked Jackie this too because I'm always curious. Has it has it gotten any better? I mean, or is it? Because I know just being in just being a comedian in general is sometimes like people don't pay you and it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman people don't want to pay you or any artist really or you know you get stuck in these crappy condos when they're you know instead of them putting up the nice hotel or is you know it, it people seem to have a better understanding of what stand-up comedy is and it's a serious business but a lot of people i guess still don't um i think there's still a lot of sexism when it comes to booking you know uh, other than that it's that uh, uh, I, I think there's so many, so many funny women uh, performing now that um, that's making a huge difference. You just, you, there, it's, it's, bookers are being overwhelmed with numbers, but, uh, but it's still, it's still a little harder for women to get the same kind of work that uh, equally funny or slash famous, you know, in terms of TV credits and stuff, men yeah. get. You know, um, just bookers still default to white guys. You know, so it's it that's that's frustrating. But um, uh, and probably white guys would tell you no, they don't. But you know, I feel like they if they have one a tiny dent in their workload, they they think it's the worst thing in the world. Versus we've been dealing with you know that not even able to get to the point where we feel that dent. You know, yeah. for forever so yeah so when you're there in los angeles i know you're, you're busy with the show on a week-to-week basis but do, do you still have a chance to get up at uh out there like on an off week for uh on conan or is it just the road work mostly what you're doing when you're doing well when i'm in when i'm in la and i'm working on conan i do spots you know at night so maybe four to five nights a week i get out oh, okay and then Good. when uh, I go to New York frequently and do spots on um, weekends and stuff, uh, I also, uh, when we have hiatus weeks, I go on the road. Like this week at Acme is a dark week for us. So it'll be, it's so, I'm so excited. I you, uh, The last couple of years I've worked at Acme, it's been shorter weeks because I couldn't get off like the Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, okay. And this is the first time in a while where it's been like the full week. I'm coming in on Monday night. And um, I just get to hang out in Minneapolis for for five days. I'm so excited. I love I love Minneapolis, and I love walking around. And um, I just uh, I'm excited to have a, a, a lot of time to explore. We um, like I, I think I told you this last time too, because I tell everybody that, that performs up there is that uh, up until this past August, I'd only been to Minneapolis twice for an hour in the airport. And, oh my God! Uh, my nephew married a local girl. Um, he's from Florida, but he and he they live out in Wyoming. But she's from Minnesota, and they got married. My brother said, "You don't have to. You know, you'll get an invitation, but don't. You don't have to travel to Minnesota. Like we we properly want to go to, but we've never been. So we went, and we really enjoyed it. So it's great. It is. It's, yeah, it's a fun town. Yeah, although you you pick an interesting time. This is the uh, I think last year you were up during the winter too. Um, and uh, we were up in the in the summer, and uh, in the summer it's fantastic. I, I don't think I could take the cold for for that long, though. Is it super cold right now? I reckon they're supposed to get some real bad oh. weather. There's a big storm sweeping across the Midwest. In fact, that was the one of the reasons I had to check to make sure my daughter got to work. The line between rain and snow cuts right across Ohio from Cincinnati, where I am, right up into Cleveland, across Columbus. So on one side of the line, it's rain, it's snowing. On the other side, it's raining. And she's going to come home for her sister's birthday this weekend. So we're kind of worried about her driving. But yeah, I haven't, 
I haven't been in Minneapolis in the snow in a long time. It's, I've, been, I've gotten most of the summer gigs lately okay. in the last couple of years there. So now, now I'm uh, all right. I have to pack differently. Thank you for the heads up. I oh, would yeah. have checked anyway, but yeah, yeah. maybe I won't be frolicking through downtown Minneapolis like I thought I would. Yeah, well, I, a guy I used to work with worked up there for a while at an ad agency, and he said you have to you have to get these heated uh, dipsticks for your car, even if you park it in the garage, because your wow. car will freeze. Uh, even just in a regular, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. And my editor, um, up there, she's actually from Columbus originally, just up the road here. And, but she, she loves it. So I'm like, yeah, I, that's one of those times that I got only one a summer in though. But yeah, it is, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are you talking about on stage these days? Uh, just life in general as usual, or is there other stuff that's kind of any of the, the politics getting in there? Uh, no, I keep politics out. I think I got one little slide joke, but I keep politics out. I tweet a lot about that stuff, but uh, okay, yeah. pretty divisive on stage. And yeah. um, it, I, I don't want, to, I, I just like to get good laughs and get out uh, <laughs> before people realize how liberal I am. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, it's, uh, can, can, I, I've always sort of chronicled my life on stage, whether, you know, whether I was single and vowing to never have children or now that I'm single and with a child. And so I, I just kind of keep following, uh, following my life with material about it. Um, is, so is, is dating rough? Is that an option? Is that, uh, um, it's not an option right now because okay. my, uh, uh, between having a kid and my mother lives with me and, oh, okay. um, doing up, there's no, there's no point. There's no place to have sex here. There's no, I can't make a noise. There's no privacy. We all share a bathroom. It's, uh, it's horrendous. You'd be shocked. I mean, maybe, hopefully, uh, maybe I'll hook up with somebody in Minneapolis. Uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody send your hot uncle to my show. There you so go, I fellas. What, all right. <laughs> if I can get something going. There you go. The, the word is out. Yeah, it's just, I just know a lot of, uh, women in this same position. Uh, well, some have kids, some, some don't. And it's just, uh, I mean, it just seems a lot. That's another thing. It just seems a lot rougher uh, for women than it does for men. Although men, the men are they're dopes. <laughs> it's just no other way around it. Well, it's just hard to do a stand up. Stand up ruins lives. Um, so here's the thing: I've ruined my life. I've ruined my sex life, and I really would hope that people listening will come to see the show. So at least make it all worth my while. <laughs> there you go. Well, some of you, yeah, sure you're on Minneapolis. Show you a good time. Um, yeah. So, uh, I hope so. Yeah. So how often as you, you you get out on the road when Conan's on uh, a break? Of course. So so how often is that? So how many road gigs will you do a year roughly? Um, I guess like maybe eight eight to ten weeks a year. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a hankering to do more, or is eight? Eight sounds like it's a be be a good number. No, eight's not enough. Okay. Uh, eight is not remotely enough. But uh, yeah, I'd love to do more. Uh, but if I did more, that means I'd be unemployed and. Yeah. Uh, then I'd be in big trouble. Um, so I, I just try to squeeze as much comedy as I can into every single uh, open space in my in my calendar. There you go. So w- when you're at the Conan show, like, w- what's a typical day like? Um, I don't think I asked this last time, and I, I think I meant to. Uh, you drive into work, and then what? There's there a meeting? Is there are there jokes flying around? What what's happening? Um, no, I'm, I, we kind of, it's kind of solitary for the first, uh, a half of the day. We, I'm a monologue writer and so is this other guy named Brian, uh, Kylie and, um, we Brian both Ky- I love Brian Kylie. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. Oh my God. So we, 
we write jokes and then uh, we, you know, we turn them in and Conan reads them around 2, 2.30 and we go over them and then he gives us um, some feedback and we incorporate it or, or we're done, you know, and then we work on other stuff uh, and the show takes around 4.30. Okay. So I reckon with the monologue, there's still some opportunity to do, you know, to squeeze some political stuff in there too, no? Um, well, yeah, for sure. Monologue is a lot of political stuff, yeah. Yeah. And uh, was Brian Kiley still doing stand-up? I remember him from back in the day. I lo- he was one of my yeah. favorites. Okay, because I, oh, I... Yeah, he's great. Okay, cool, because I've, I've always wanted to interview him, and I think, well, he'll eventually come to Cincinnati or Minneapolis, and then I'll catch up with him then, and it's, it's yet to happen. I heard him on um, David Feldman's show a long time ago. I had almost forgotten about him. Him and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, him and Rich Scheidner, another guy that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Scheidner's great, too. Yeah, yep, Kylie's still at it. He's, uh, he performs as much as I do out here. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. So I guess you, well, with your, what your schedule being as full as it is, is there anything that you would like to squeeze in there, like a book or, or any other any other vehicles for your comedy you'd like to, to flesh out? Um. Well, I I've written a couple books, um, and uh, oh, that's the, right. the last one came out in 2018. It's called Dead People Suck, and it's comedy oh, yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, cancer. I heard and, about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, you know. I, no one's died since then, so I don't really have a book idea, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure someone will soon. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I again, I just try to, try to, if I have a good idea, I try to pursue it, but right now I don't have anything. I just keep me awake at night. Do you like, have any notions of kind of getting out of the rat race of Los Angeles? Because I know a lot of, that's kind of become more of a thing, and people like to, you know, work from other parts of the country. Now the technology. Um, no, with Conan, I can't do that. You I know, know but, um, but I'm just saying, like down the road, yeah. someday that were ever to be a thing. Oh yeah, at some point in my life, I don't want to live here for sure. <laughs> I'd a, love to live in Europe and, and oh, see if go. I can make a living as a stand-up in Europe. That'd be kind of cool. Oh yeah, that's a pretty sweet gig. Um, uh, Rich Hall did that, and um, who's this other guy interview? He comes to Minneapolis once a year from overseas. I can't remember his name, but he just accidentally just fell into it. He was over there. And started just doing gigs, and it was like one of those things we like we were saying before. He just kept doing it and doing it. Woke up the next day and did it. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom Rhodes used to live there for a long time. Yeah, he lived he, in the Netherlands that's for a long right. time. And, yeah, yeah. Friend of the show. Um, mm-hmm. Why can't I think of the uh, Dave Fulton? Dave Fulton's the guy I'm thinking of. Oh right, from is he from Seattle? I think he is Seattle-ish. Yeah, he's, he's one of those Northwest guys. Yeah, yeah. And he's wound yeah. up over there, and he said he had a thousand dollars in his pocket after doing a couple of gigs, and he's like, you know what? I'm doing better here than I am back in North America. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay here. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I where, you're from, where are you from originally? Is Boston? Uh, Bay Area near San Francisco. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were, uh, thought you were a Boston person for some. Okay. So wait, so you're a California girl, um, all the way around then. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, we were out there over the summer, and um, if I go back and forth on LA, sometimes I love it and want to live there, and other times I'm like, eh, this is a bit much. <laughs> well, it's very expensive. I, I couldn't yeah. afford to live in my, my hometown for now. I mean, there yeah. needs to be a major earthquake or depression before I could afford to live where I grew up. Uh, so it's a bummer. You know, like I go back when I work the punchline and stuff, and I it, it, it all looks familiar and incredibly different to me. Um, so it's it's bittersweet, um, For sure. you know, but I, yeah. I guess obviously that's, that's probably everybody feels that way. That came from a major city There there's been so much change in, um, 
in uh, it, everything's gotten so much more expensive and um, the way housing is going. I think for a lot of people going back to it to their hometown, it's like, oh my god, I can't I, I can't live here again. Yeah, in some ways, in places like Cleveland and Cincinnati, it's good in that it's they're developing areas that kind of had been neglected because the all the infrastructure is still there and being like that. But then, yeah, yeah, you, then you're pushing people out. But then other places like Chicago. And where it never got too rubbishy in the nice areas, it, it's still, you know, it, yeah, it, it's a real challenge. And uh, LA, yeah. I've always thought, seems like a place to be where if you've got a steady gig, it's great. And if you don't, it's terrible. And I always like uh, Garen Cockrell over on Jimmy Pardo's show as a prime example of that. When he's got a steady gig, he's having a great time out there. And then when he's not on his Facebook page, he's like, I think I got to move back to Kentucky or Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's tough. Well, uh, I won't keep any longer, ma'am. This has uh, been another great chat, and um, as usual, I hope we can get you down here in Cincinnati. You know, I'll uh, I'll put a, a bug in the Booker's ear here, and um, and have you been to Cincinnati before? I can never remember. Yeah, I've been to Go Bananas. I gotta, okay, yeah, yeah, I gotta follow so. up on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll remind Mikey and uh, okay. get, get some more ladies uh, into the call. Although he's pretty, he's pretty good at, at booking a, a pretty diverse lineup over the year. But I'll, yeah, I'll put a book in his ear sure. anyway. Well, great. Well, have fun at work today. And, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks, Lori. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Thanks again to Lori Kilmartin for being on the show. Always great to hear from Lori. And uh, yeah, like uh, I, I've said before, it, she's kind of in that same uh, arm of the comedy galaxy with uh, Pardo and Jackie Cation, who we mentioned in the interview as well, and uh, like Graham Elwood and Murray Valeriano and kind of that, that whole, whole crowd of folks. So um, do go see her if you have a chance to. In fact, you can this week if you're in Minneapolis. And uh, at that, that's at the Acme Comedy Company, February 18th through the 22nd. And then in May, she is in Seattle at Laugh Seattle. And uh, for all your Lori Kilmartin information, including how to find the Jackie and Lori show, which you can also find on Jackie Cation's website, but uh, go to killmartin.com. Killmartin has one L in it. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So we're up to the song of the week. The song of the week is from the 1975, and I got to get the title right here because it's, it's similar in title to another song from the 90s. Uh, the 1975 track that is our song of the week is the Me and You Together song. It is not to be confused with the You and Me song. But it's you and me. That cracking tune from the 90s, probably one of my favorite tunes from the 90s. That's uh, by the Wannadies, who I believe are from Sweden or Norway. And uh, if you were in the United States, you probably know that from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. I'm not sure how, how well it charted, or even if it did chart, even on the alternative charts. But um, yeah, that's a great tune. And anyway, the 1975 have a track out now called the Me and You Together song, kind of the reverse in title, but it's a great track. Uh, the 1975 have really settled into a sound of their own here. Uh, you know, some bands you'd hear immediately like, oh yeah, that's that's that song. Uh, I mean, that's, that's that band. Even if, you know, the songs don't all sound alike, which they certainly don't, but there's still that, that sound they bring a certain thing to, especially in their faster tunes. And so here we are with their uh, latest single. It's the 1975, our song of the week on PF's tape recorder, the Me and You Together song. So long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.